What's up, gentlemen? Before we begin, a friendly reminder that this podcast is not associated with any church, school, or calling body, and nothing we say here is meant to be perceived as the official doctrine, teaching, or theology of any church, school, or calling body. We're a bunch of dudes who love Jesus. We love talking about Jesus, and this is where we air out our thoughts, so don't take it as much more than that. I hope that this is edifying for you. Let's get started with the show. Okay, fellas, you're listening to the Gird Up Podcast. This is a special episode unlike anything we've ever done before. Uh, we have never podcasted from a car before. Uh, we'll give you all the details on why we're doing that and how we're doing that. Uh, but before we get into the show today, i got to make sure we shout out the people who are donating to us. Thank you for your support. You guys are awesome. Um, any money that you can give to us helps us uh, run this podcast, make it a little bit better, spend a little bit more time on it, and it takes the pressure off of <laughs> the uh, time we have on other things. Uh, we're all college students at the moment, so making sure that we have the time and the uh, ability and the blessings to be able to do this podcast is a big thing for us. So again, thank you to all of you who um, are allowing us to do something that we love. Um, if you feel the desire or the uh, leading on your heart to donate to the Gird Up podcast, you can do so on the Gird Up website at www.girdupministries.com. I'll put that link down below. You can buy us a $5 cup of coffee and we'll shout you out here on the show. Uh, you can buy t-shirts. We're running out of adult sizes though, so make sure you get your t-shirt soon. Um, or you you can just simply go on Patreon um, and give monthly if that's what you choose to do. Any of it is a blessing to us, and we thank you for it. Thank you also to those of you who are keeping us in your prayers. Man, you guys, again, such a huge blessing to know that you're thinking of us, that you're praying over us, um, praying for us, and that uh, we are a thing that is on your heart and on your mind, as well as all the other men that are fighting battles like ours. Um, there's a lot of guys all over the world who are working hard to restore masculinity to something that is not... Uh, taboo or disrespectful, uh, genuine masculinity, I guess, is on the rise again. Um, and it's a blessing and it's a good thing, uh, but there's a long, long way to go. And, and projects like ours um, are a great uh, thing to support because we're helping men do just that. Um, our goal, like I said, is to help men become the men that God created them to be and not have to go through like a midlife crisis and uh, some massive disaster before they realize um, that they need to depend on their Savior for everything. So um, we're trying to do that. We're trying to do that work, and, and you guys are helping us support that with money and prayers. And, and I, like I said, can't say enough thanks for that. Um, before we get moving here, we got two things to advertise. One, we are now mentoring people. So if you want to be mentored by Gird Up, you can do so. Uh, go on the website, hit click Mentor Me, um, and uh, we would love to hook you up with somebody that can help you um, keep your life together. So if you're a young man, probably going into college or even late high school, you're just looking to have more time in the day to get all the things done that you need to get done, especially if you're an athlete or a musician who has all kinds of things before and after school. Just to have somebody looking over your shoulder, making sure you're walking the right path, keeping you accountable, doing those things. Um, we can, we would love to help you be able to do that. Uh, we also have awesome accountability networks if you want to be a part of that too. Just get in contact with us and let us know. If you're an older guy that's looking for life coaching, I've got a couple of spiritual advisors that would love to help you out with that as well. So just get a hold of us. Uh, we would love to, like I said, love to get the ball rolling and to give you the help and assistance that you need on your walk with God. Uh, the other thing we can talk about is the Gird Up Collegiate Men's Retreat, which is happening this fall, uh, November 12th through the 14th up at Camp Phillip. It's not a Camp Phillip event, um, but it is uh, going to be hosted at Camp Phillip. It's an awesome little retreat center they got going on up there. Uh, we're going to talk about our identity as men. We're going to talk about who God says we are. We're going to talk about legacy. And we're also going to do a lot of praise. Uh, we're going to play some games. Uh, right now we have planned a giant um, game of Capture the Flag Through the Woods. Uh, it's going to be so much fun, guys. It's going to be a, a great afternoon um, playing games and things, but it's also going to be a great couple of days um, 
digging through the word and, and worshiping together and fellowshipping with each other and finding like-minded men who are on the same path we are. So go to the Gird Up website, uh, get signed up there. You can hear speakers like myself, um, music by Cameron Schrader, who's on the podcast all the time. Um, and then uh, Pastor John Entry is going to be there, and we're working on some other speakers as well. So not something you're going to want to miss. Um, we're also working out the, um, yeah, we're just ah, we're just excited about it. So go on there and get signed up today. Um, there's only 50 spots available, so make sure you're one of those 50 guys that's there. <sighs> let's pray. Let's get started with the show today, fellas. Heavenly Father, we pray for the time Gus and I have together today. We pray that you uh, bless the meditations of our minds and our hearts and help our words to glorify you. And we pray that we are a blessing to the men listening as well. We pray that we all meet together in heaven one day um, and that we can glorify your name together. In your name we pray. Amen. You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. This is the place where young men come to learn what it means to be a man after God's own heart. To gird up is an ancient way of preparing oneself for hard work or a battle ahead. And our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers working hard to be the men that God created them to be. So roll up your sleeves, gentlemen, and gird up. It's time to get to work. All right, gentlemen, you are listening to the Gerda Podcast. This is a very special episode. We're calling this a car cast because Gustav and I are currently <laughs> driving a car. Yeah! We are road tripping. Yes. Um, and <laughs> Gus is driving, yeah, yeah, so don't yeah. worry. I'm not trying to do all the levels and everything while we're you know, driving. Okay, Charlie, honestly, yeah. this is going to be like a test to see whether or not my mom actually listens to this podcast. <laughs> because if she really listens to this podcast, she's going to call me and chew me out for driving and casting. Like, if she saw a picture of what's going on right now, <laughs> she would not be impressed. Dude, this is actually, like, super legit, though. So we've got... We're going to do this more um, often, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go on more road trips just so that we can podcast from the car. Oh, this oh, might dude, be a thing from now on. Imagine if we had all four in here right now. I know. Had them hooked It'd up in the so back. It would be so legit. Yo. It would be so legit. And we could do it, too. We've got all the equipment to do so. Yeah. We would definitely have to rig the car not in a Culver's parking lot, e- but Whoa. it would be super cool. I mean, what parking lot works better though? <laughs> That's true. If you're gonna do, if you're gonna rig up a car to be a podcast studio, probably probably Culver's a might be the best. Oh, Chick Fil A might. They'd be. probably help. Yeah, Chick- <laughs> They'd be like, "Oh, you need a audio tech or something." Or <laughs> like call know. somebody, some guy that works in the back's like, "Yeah, man, I work as a DJ." He just hooks everything yeah. up for you. I just flip. I just flip the chickens on the grill. Ah, uh, they don't. Oh, maybe. <laughs> uh, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, we've got like actually set up the microphones and everything, so we have mic stands, and uh, like all the cables run and everything. This is legit. We have a legit podcast studio set up in the car. So if you hear background noise um, or sirens or crunches or anything, <laughs> you'll understand why. So there's going to be a little bit extra background noise in this episode, but uh, you'll yeah. under- you un- I think you should understand now because we, see, now like it'll said, we be are like, literally driving a car. So see, if our listeners are anything like me, they'll be listening to this podcast in their car, so it'll sound like we're in their car with them. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Cool. <laughs> or something. <laughs> so we are actually on our way out to... 
um, the Milwaukee area for Beats for Heartbeats. Beats for Heartbeats. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a lot of fun. He's uh, Koine. Yep, Koine, him and her worship, and Crowder. Crowder. So, um, it's going to be a good concert. Um, we figured since we have to be in the car together, and we're going to talk the entire time because yeah, we we're Charlie and Gus, Ugh. and we talk a lot. Uh, we might as well just do a podcast along the way. So, yeah, yeah, and there we go. Where does this rank as far as things you stupid things you've done in a car? This is I don't uh-huh. think this is stupid. I think this is awesome. Uh, yeah, no, I don't. I'm I'm with you there. I feel like this is probably the most awesome thing I've done in car. Um, shoot, I don't know. Stupid things like within a car. Like it's one thing to be doing stupid things while driving. I don't know. I can't. I honestly can't think of anything else. I genuinely you? think this might be the coolest thing I've ever done in a car, too. Like, other than watch a movie? <laughs> like, yeah, watch a movie on my uh, prop. Oh, oh, dude, did you hear that? <laughs> Gus is on rumble strips. <laughs> no, but, yeah, like, watching movies from this clip while we're driving. Like, sometimes whenever Dad and I would be driving out here, we would put, like, a comedy special on the phone oh, that we have yeah. with the map on it and we've listened to a comedy special oh i suppose all the way out to montana that is a long trip yeah there aren't any 12 hour long uh, comedy specials so we go through <laughs> a lot of them at that point yep that oh man yeah that's a trip it's literally twice as long as the trip we're taking today so yeah exactly twice yeah. as long actually shoot i don't know yeah. so i guess uh no, best well, road trip you've been on go a best road trip i've ever been on yeah i think I mean, I've got a lot of great memories as kids of, of uh, being on road trips and things. Yeah. Um, I think maybe, like, true road trip, my favorite one I've ever been on. There were a couple of, like, just, like, break trips out just back and forth from home, actually, okay. when I was a student at MLC the first time. Right. Um, where it was like four or five guys just having fun in a car together all the way How out. How far was home at that point? Um, it's about a half an hour further than we're going right now. So okay, gotcha. Or 45 minutes. So it was about a six-hour trip. There you go. Um, and uh, sometimes we'd do it in about four and a half. Sometimes we'd do it in about eight, <laughs> you know, right. uh, depending on what we were doing along the way. Um, the uh, Yeah, I don't know. Some of those are really good memories. Yeah. Um, just because it was so much like we didn't. There's nothing profound. Just remember enjoying them so much. I think as far as like actual road trips go, this is gonna sound kind of like like a cop out, but I think my favorite ones are a few of them that I've done on my own. Sure. Yeah. Like uh, the first time when I first started doing the podcast, I came out to. Um, there was a trip where I went up to Camp Croy and hung out with some friends up at Camp Croy, um, and then went down to New Ulm. And did a bunch of podcasts in New Ulm. Like it was like five or six of them in like three or four days. Um, I got to see some of my friends that still live in New Ulm. And then on the way back through, I stopped on lacrosse and interviewed Larry Clark um, and a couple other people. And it was just like, it was, it was just a really good, it was really exciting to be doing something that was fresh and new. And at the time, there weren't a lot of other people like in our circles right. who were doing it. Yeah, um, for sure. And I was like, gaining so much momentum. Like we went from, I want to say I had like three thousand total downloads, and six months later we were at like sixty thousand. Okay. So like it just exploded, kind of in that zone when we started doing interviews, um, and it was just so much fun. It was so cool and so exciting, um, and it was, it was. I've been looking for a long time for a way to do ministry outside of the classroom. Yeah. And so that was like my first real like jump into doing that. Um, and it was it was just a yeah I'd say the road trip itself wasn't that exciting or special, 
Right. Um, but the the fact that it was such like a transitional, transformational, I don't know. It wasn't transformational in itself. I guess it was a transitional time in my life. Um, and it was the first time I had started something on my own that was being successful. For sure. Um, and at that, uh, yeah, that was just really cool. And uh, to start interacting with the world as an as an adult, kind of too, as as a minister of the gospel, instead of being, you know, the kid. Right. That was also very special. How about you? Uh, you know, like I've had a lot of really awesome like family road trips, and honestly, I think like my favorite. You know, it's hard to put a favorite on any of those. I feel like. Right. Um. But it's like just going like twenty. See, something that our family would do is we don't generally stay at places. Like, we don't, like, if we have to drive from Montana to the Gulf of Mexico, we're not going to stop in between anywhere. Mm. We drive all 27 hours, or what, I think it's 27 hours when we went, straight down, like, in one shot. Like, for most of our big trips, we don't stop at hotels, we don't stay places. And if we do, it's usually on the way back home. Because generally, on the way back home, that's when you have more freedom to, like, kind of do any adventuring if you wanted to. Because otherwise, it's like you're just trying to get to your destination so you can be with the family that you have at that destination. Oh, yeah. Like, we don't necessarily... Yeah, so I guess in that sense, we don't really... We never really did, like, destination vacations. Like, we're going somewhere because we want to be somewhere. We usually go somewhere because we're seeing our relatives. Yeah. And so that makes it... Honestly, I think that makes it even more special. Because then, once you're with those relatives... You're doing, you're doing stuff in those destinations that aren't normal for you. And yeah. so uh, I think that was always cool because being from Montana, uh, the climate and uh, landscape is a little bit different than Southern California, yep. right? Which is where one of my dad's brothers lives. So it's like getting to do stuff like that, it, it makes it a lot of fun. And you get to be with people that you love and you don't see very often. Right. But honestly, like looking back, I think like I'm kind of with you. It's like. I've really treasured a lot of the drives that I've done by myself, especially recently, like on the way home. Oh yeah. Like at the beginning of the summer, uh, this last summer I drove out here for Caleb Felsky's wedding. Yeah. Right. And like, even though there were some things about that trip that I wasn't that excited about the drive, I mean, quite frankly, I wasn't super stoked about the drive in the first place, but then once I got on it, it was like, here I go. I'm doing this on my own. Yeah, and that and it, sense of independence. Yeah, exactly. And like I've and driven like I've driven that full the full twelve hours by like like I've driven the whole thing myself before, except it was with a passenger. So then doing that with just myself. Yeah. That was a really like strange, awesome experience because it's like then it's like you're kind of there with your thoughts. Yeah. And uh like things like that. And honestly, like looking back on uh like the summer times, like when it's just work time, like when it's just when you're working or even, um, I think about a lot. I often think about my experience when I was at home doing school for a year before yeah. I came back out here yeah. because then all of my stuff was like, I, all my job was in town, school was in town. And so I always had to make a drive that was at least 30 minutes or longer to get to where I needed to be. And, uh, there's something peaceful about being able to have that time where you're doing nothing else. Yeah. Like you can listen to music, you can listen to a podcast, you can just have everything off and just be thinking to yourself. 
Yeah, I, I really do appreciate being like two minutes away from school. Like I can leave if I have class at 730. Sure. Yeah. I can leave my house. I can leave the couch at 720 and be early for class. Sure. Yeah. And uh, that's, and that's awesome. cool. And it's a blessing. And it's it good. Is. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's especially uh, special because I don't live on campus. Right. And I yeah. can still do that. Um, but I it's going to sound weird to a lot of people, but I actually do miss my commute, too, um, especially in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, in the evening, too, but especially in the morning. See, I would wake up. Uh, my last two years of teaching, I had the same routine every day. I'd wake up um, I would at 5.30, no, 5 o'clock. I'd wake up at 5 o'clock, go for a walk until, eh, I guess sometimes it was 5.20. But I would get up, I would go for a walk, like I would walk about three or four three to five miles depending on the day depending on the weather um and then i would come back sit down on the couch i had this we had this like three season room and i would plug in a heater out there and make it a four season room <laughs> and <laughs> nice. uh, it was quiet and it was peaceful and uh, that's where i would do all my reading so i we had a really comfy like uh it was like a chaise lounge um chaise lounge love seat almost kind of a thing yeah. Um, and I'll sit out there, and I would, that's where I would do my Bible reading and say my prayers every day and everything. Yeah. Uh, so then I would go out there, and I would just sit there and talk to Jesus for a while, and then um, jump in the shower, and then get in the car and go. And right. um, depending on the time of day, so if it was closer to like six o'clock that I was doing that, um, then the you say there's less traffic it would take me like 13 minutes. If it was closer to eight o'clock. Um, the more traffic there would be, sometimes it would take me a half an hour or more. And um, it was pretty much all city streets, too, so, like, surface streets, not the interstate. Yeah. Uh, and I, like, listening to music and listening to podcasts and things, like mm -hmm. um, the Christ for Disciples podcast that I advertise on here yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um, that was a huge part of my day almost every day. Um, it's not so much anymore just because I don't have that time to dedicate to it. Right. Um, but like, I, yeah, it was such a good. It was just a good way to start the day. And every once in a while, um, there would be something that was weighing heavy on my mind and my heart. You just turn the radio off, and while you're driving out there, you're just praying on it, just praying on it. And also because I was in where where I was in teaching, I was in inner city Milwaukee. Like we were in the hood, and a lot of times you'd see things that frankly were depressing and sad, or the, sometimes the city just looks tired. Um, like the city looks tired and, uh, it was also a cool blessing. It was, it was good for my heart. Uh, but it also, I mean, I think it would be a blessing to the people around me that a lot of times on my way in, I would be praying for the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, and that kind of also set like, yeah, of course it's good to pray. Yes. God answers our prayers. And when you're praying for something, God's going to bless it. Right. But also it's good for your heart. When you pray for someone, it's good for your own heart. Like, when you pray for the people around you, it helps you love them better. Um, that's a big thing. I uh, It's a big thing I have been, uh, like, yeah, it's a huge thing. The people that are closest to me, uh, whether it's somebody I'm dating or, like, my bros or whatever, I pray for them constantly, and it actually helps me love them better. And sure. I think part of it is empathy and compassion for them because when you're praying over them, um, like, you're – you have to understand what's going on in their lives to pray for them effectively. You know, and see, I was going to make a comment, too. It's like whenever you pray for someone, it kind of makes you get into their shoes a little bit. Yeah. Like, I don't know, in my mind, it's like you you learn to appreciate their situation more. Like, I mean, like, not appreciate it like, oh, yeah, that's great. I You know, I appreciate that. You know, <laughs> but it like, 
Yeah, you know I what you. I mean. The whole <laughs> shit. Don't say it, man. Don't say it. <laughs> it was a dotted white line. Okay. <laughs> We're just drifting around a little bit. That's all. No it's rumble three strips. Three lanes. No rumble strips. We're good. But uh, no, yeah. Like I didn't. Mean, I'm sorry for cutting you off there, but I just wanted to make that comment. You like, also said a bad word. I said shh. Uh, yeah. Okay, I believe you. Thank we'll you. see if Apple believes you'll to, you. Yeah, you'll have to throw in an explicit symbol on this <laughs> episode, I guess. Uh, but yeah, no. That it just when you pray for people, it makes you seriously think about what they're going through, so that when you're praying, like, I don't know, it's altogether more sincere. I guess is what I'm trying to get at because right. you have to put yourself in their shoes to fully understand what you're asking god to help them with i guess yeah if that makes sense absolutely it does um yeah it's definitely something that uh it's an exercise that i continue to enjoy and push myself in and it's also if i'm in conflict with somebody yeah it seems like and this is maybe this is accurate it seems like the old the best way and the fastest way forward for me is to pray for them sure whether or not they're praying for me it does not matter if it's somebody that I'm in conflict with, um, it doesn't even mean that the conflict's going to end. But if I am genuinely just sick of someone, I can't tell you a situation where I was just done with somebody, sick of them, did not want to work with them anymore, didn't want to deal with them anymore, whatever it is, where I started praying for them meaningfully on the daily and the relationship didn't get better. Yeah. Um, and I think... A large, I mean, there's certainly, you can't rule out the Lord working on their heart, right? Right. But there's also, like, I can't imagine my demeanor wouldn't change towards you if I am consistently, like, consistently pleading before the throne of God on your behalf. How can I then also despise you? You right. know? Those two things don't go hand in hand. And it's not easy to make that switch and go start praying for somebody. Yeah. Um, but... It is like you can't, you cannot um, approach the throne of God on behalf of someone and also hate them. Well, and like when God asks you to love your enemies as you love everyone else and yourself, right? Like, yeah. I honestly don't know how possible that is unless you try and consider their situation. And I think prayer is a key way to get into that mind when you're able to understand them better and. Even if you, you know. even if you never do understand them better, even if you never get a clue as to why they dislike you or why yeah. things are going the way they are, even if the even if their behavior never gets better, it's going to change the way you think about them, right? Yeah. And uh, loving your neighbor as yourself, we sometimes forget that that also it means like the like you know the positive like yeah I do this for myself so I should do that for my neighbor. Yep, this is how I want to be treated, so I'm going to treat other people that way. Yeah. And those are like the positive things, right? Right. But you've also got the negative. Like, if you love your neighbor as yourself, do you forgive your neighbor the way you forgive yourself? You know? Um, and, frankly, there are people that go the opposite direction, and they don't forgive themselves, but they are willing to forgive others. And that's a problem, too. Um, but I do think it's a real it's a real issue um, when other people aren't being neighborly, can I still be neighborly? You know, if other people yeah. aren't loving me the way I want to be loved, can I still love them the way I want to be loved? Yeah. And the reality of human nature is often we mirror that on each other too. So when you, um, like the simple, the simple, you know, the scientific experiments and things are, you know, like when you smile at somebody, they have like a ninety percent chance of smiling back at you. 
Yeah. Um, even if they're in a bad mood, even if they're grumpy, they're going to smile back. Oh, for sure. Um, if you put your hands on your hips, then the other person is most likely going to put their hands on their, put hips? Their, hands on their hips, right? If you cross <laughs> your arms while you're talking to someone, they're going to turn their body away from you because they feel like you've rejected them, right? Even if it's right. subconscious. And so um, the same, th- uh, that, that, but that's like a, only a surface level thing. Um, but like if you genuinely treat someone with love, whether or not they actually love you back, they're going to reciprocate the, those behaviors which are desirable. Yeah. So if you enthusiastically greet people every single day, they're going to start enthusiastically greeting you back sooner or later. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, yeah. If you walk around telling people how much you love uh, working with them, they're going to start making it easier for you to work with them. For sure. You know? You know, and that's tough. Like, I find, I find it, you know... <laughs> I got to stop stirring the pot, man. (laughs) Like I, that's one of the, I mean, so greeting people, I totally notice that on campus all the time. Like I'm one of those people that will greet people very enthusiastically. And I notice those changes, like you just said, where people start coming back at you with that same energy. And it's awesome. Like, I love it when you get to that point, but like showing that love to your uh, fellow, uh, just coworkers at whatever job it may be, it's tough because it's like, I don't know, sometimes, and I think this goes the same with the neighbors, but sometimes it just gets pushed to the point where, and I think this is because we live in an imperfect world, we get pushed to the point where we no longer, like, have that energy to be able to even give any kind of love back, you know? And that's what's unfortunate, I guess, about our situation, in a sense, but, you know, who do we go to when we need that strength, right? Right. We got to go back to God, and then He's gonna energize us to then try, try again. You try, know, try and, again. And I think, uh, I think my dad's awesome for this because. So, in my neighborhood, we have some, we have some interesting neighbors, and I think I've told you about some of them uh, before. I won't necessarily get specific with them. Maybe they'll listen to the podcast someday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh sometimes it's hard to deal with neighbors and i remember growing up and seeing the way they acted and uh it would make me mad you know like their dog would get into our yard somehow or a dog would get loose and be walking around on the street and we would go grab it for them even though they weren't even looking for it you know what oh, i mean yeah and things of that nature just doing things that your neighbors should be doing for themselves right or should yes. be taken care of and taking responsibility of for themselves like those are the times that you start to get frustrated with people that you're around is when they don't hold up their end of the bargain or their end of the relationship or they even start taking advantage of it yeah exactly and i think my dad he is such a great role model for being able to just keep it positive especially to their face (laughs) i mean there have been times where he's like disclosed to me or you know maybe my uncles about how a certain neighbor is being irritating or something like that but honestly for the most part he's just like (laughs) i can't come up with a quote exactly right now necessarily but he's always said something along the lines of you know there are neighbors and god asks us to love them yeah you know what i mean and seeing him interact with them it's like i i i would know what he thinks about them but then he would show them nothing but love when we actually had to deal with them yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. That's an incre- like that's awesome. For those of you out there that listen to this that have that gift, pass that on to your kids. 
and pass that on to anyone you know give them advice on how to be able to handle those irritating situations because that's tough yeah it really is because there were there's been lots of times in my life where rather than you know handling things with grace and kindness i definitely exploded you know <laughs> and unfortunately i've been known to do that from time to time and yeah. that's something that i've i've struggled with and that i'm hoping to get a grasp on but uh yeah it's a it's an incredible task and an incredible ability if you're able to do so you know yeah but then the other half of it is trying not to talk about it to other people you know like yeah. even though you have that bad situation with them that's personal to you you don't need to go and share that with your brother mother sister uncle father grandfather yeah you know yeah. that's a that's that situation between you and them and if it needs to be talked about it should be between you and them yeah because that's what you would hope they would do for you right we don't right. want to be gossips in the community right you know. oh, and that doesn't mean that you never talk about these oh, kinds sure. of things with the people yeah. around you. But you're right. Yeah, like, does this serve a purpose? Um, or does it, is it just gossip? Right, 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 right. And so, like, in, in a neighbor situation like that, like, you might come back and talk to the family about it, you know? Or, like, yeah. come back and tell your spouse, like, this is what happened today. Or, I mean, it could even be, like, things that happen at work. You know, you come home, you had a rough day at work, somebody says, you know, tell me about it. Well, you're not going to necessarily it's not necessarily gossip then to say like hey this is what happened at work today and it's driving me nuts and i'm not okay with it um that isn't necessarily gossip but you do want to be careful that um the it's it's constructive so whether it's just like airing it out so that your somebody can help you work through it um or like hey i need to deal with this here because there's no way if i don't deal with it before i go back that it's not going to be a problem, you know? Right. Um, or even if it's just like, hey, can I grab a listening ear? This is what I've got going on. And, yep. you know, even having that conversation of like, can, can you keep this between us? It has to be somebody you can trust, obviously. Oh, yeah. Oh, but you yeah. say, okay, I don't expect you to help me solve this problem. Um, I just, I need to air it out and I need to get it off my chest. And if I don't tell yeah. somebody, it's going to be, a, it's going to be an even bigger problem. Yeah. Um, and just to have those chats too. I think um, uh, I've been going through a book with somebody lately um, where it talked about conflict re- resolution. Okay. And one of the big things that they were talking about in there was, you know, listening time with each other. So you just say, like, hey, um, I want to listen to you talk about so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Like, whether it's a person, whether it's an issue, whether it's a thing, you know, like, uh, you know, we're going to go on vacation. Um, and I know where I want to go. And every time we try and talk about it, we argue, Right. Yeah. So instead of saying, let's talk, and then we get into an argument, we'll say, okay, hey, I would like you to just tell me what you think we should do for vacation and tell me why, and I want to listen to you. Mm-hmm. And you let them go through all of it, explain it all, and then um, you empathize and you, you recognize what's going on. You can understand then what's going on, and you can come back then and say, hey, okay, you know, I hear you. I hear why this is valuable to you. Here's my counteroffer, you know? And to take that then into a situation like this, you would just say like, hey, man, can you just listen to me while I talk about what's going on at work? Yeah. Um, And if you have any thoughts or advice for me, like I'd love to hear them. But mostly I just need somebody to listen. Right. And uh, like we can have those conversations and things. Um, Yeah. yeah, And actually, that might be a good strategy to use on the people irritating you at work, too. Yeah, for sure. Hey, man, 
I can tell you're not. Uh, I can kind of tell that you're, something's going on in your heart, man. I just want you to, like, is there something going on at work? Or what is it, you know? Yeah. Like, you have, it's the last couple of times you've been at work, you just, you haven't been all here. Um, I just, I just want to listen, man. Tell me what's going on in your life. And, and uh, I promise I won't interrupt you. I just, I just want to know what's going on and tell me about stuff. And then, and then you have to follow through. Then you got to buck up. You got to sit down. You got to patiently listen. Um, and don't interrupt. You don't need to offer advice. You don't, unless they ask for it. You just, you just go and you be a listener. For sure. Well, and I think learning how to be, yeah, exactly. Well, like, yeah, learning how to be the good recipient of those issues that people are going through, you know, and honoring their wishes. I think it's, you know, and see, it's one thing to be able to di- di- discern who is, who it is that you should talk to whenever there's something that you want to get off your chest. And then it's a whole nother thing to be that one that gets those kind of things aired on to you mm. and be able to honor what they asked you and not talk to someone else about it. You yeah. know? And I think that's really where, I mean, cause there's not really a, I guess as the person who's airing out an issue, you're not really the one. Oh, Hey there, pal. Dang. What's going on there? That looks weird. They're cutting. So when you when you have a big saw like that that cuts pavement, they have to use water as a part of it. To oh, keep I didn't cool. even see the saw. Yeah, it's kind of like a tile saw, except on a huge scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a neighbor that was a tile worker, or not tile, but like he would do like patios, backyard patios, and oh, use yeah, stone yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Right. So there's always cutters. water there. Yeah. In the stone cutter, so that's just a giant stone cutter essentially. Anyway, so like we were saying, um. Because I think when you're being the person who is airing out an issue, you're not really the one that has the potential to be in wrong, in the wrong, unless you are doing it to gossip, right? But when you're the person who's hearing it, that's where yeah. the potential for things to become sinful or for things to become gossip, well, yeah, sinful, that's where it lies, is being the person that gets told something that somebody's frustrated with. Because now you have the task of being able to contain that that wasn't it's not your story to tell it's not your problem you were just the person who heard it and you're going to help hopefully help them process it right but you have no place in sharing it then with other people unless of course whoever's sharing with you said hey yeah it's okay if you talk to someone else about this too yeah i want more than one opinion right well and there's also the uh the like from time to time, somebody will really lay a burden on me, right? Sure, yeah. Um, and I will sometimes talk to other people about it, but oh, I yeah. won't be specific. You yeah, know, there you go. I'm not going to say like, hey, my buddy Frank called me up and said that this is blah, 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 and this is a, these are the people involved, you know? Yeah, you'd be like, hey, I have a buddy. Right. Or, yeah. like, hey. hey, so I had a friend call me, uh, call me up the other day, and I just wanted your thoughts on... What are your thoughts on this situation? Yeah. You know, allegedly this person did this. <laughs> well, and he said you don't have to say like right. Steve called and Steve's struggling with blah blah blah. Right. Say, like, hey man, I got a friend who uh, called me up the other day and said you know he was struggling with this, and uh, I don't know, like I just I, I want to know what you think about it. You know yeah. that kind of a thing. The other thing that uh, I, I really do appreciate, especially since we're on a campus full of pastors at the moment. Yeah. But you can't if it went. Not everyone, not every pastor, okay. but um, when you can find a pastor who's really good at the counseling 
and just really good at listening. Like, we are really blessed to have Pastor Boder on campus at MLC. Hey, real quick, we're at the one-hour mark. We only have one hour until our destination. Ding, ding. hey Whoever. Yeah, we're about to get you, on 94 you, here. You win a prize. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Anyway, I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> this road trip is flying by, though. Well, now it is. <laughs> yeah, now it is. I, it was earlier. but Yeah, anyway. now it definitely is. Anyway. You were saying um, Pastor Boder. Yeah, we have a huge blessing in Pastor Boder oh, yeah. at MLC. But even, oh, yeah. like, our advisors and things, too. Like, I both my advisors that I've had this time around through MLC, um, I have laid some personal stuff on them, and they've been more than willing to listen and, and um, give advice. And not even necessarily give advice, just to listen. Yeah. Um, and um, just understand what is going on in my life and the both exciting things and challenging things and uh, especially since I'm fairly unique as a student. Yeah. Actually, I think I'm very, very unique because of my background um, um, yes. in teaching and all that kind of stuff. Like, it makes me very unique as a yeah, pre-seminary you sh- student. You should be a pastor already. Should be or <laughs> could have been. You could have been. Sorry. Right, there yeah. we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, should you still be? Um, ouch. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm, ki- I'm kidding. Anyway. Um, yeah, I don't know. But to have those listening ears that are built into our lives the way that they are, that's that's a tremendous blessing that I want to do a better job of taking advantage of. Um, and uh, like for, so for me, you know, it's I've got you know just people in my life that are struggling at the moment, right. um, and to be able to bring that to them and just say like, hey, I'm struggling with this relationship, I'm struggling with this p- friendship, you know, um, these are some things that are going on, and just to air it out to them. And I can't ever tell you, oh, oh, I can't tell you of a situation where I couldn't find anybody who could empathize, you know? Right. Um, and that's the other cool thing about having a network of pastors like that is they can point me, even if they aren't the one, they can point me to somebody who is. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's something I did not take advantage of the first time around. And well, I've definitely taken advantage of the second time that's around. What, that's what's awesome, quite frankly, of Wells Connections, you know? Like, yeah. We are truly blessed to be part of a group of people that can find people who can help yeah like we we have like it's easy to gain access to people who know a topic better than we do and we can learn from them yeah you know and like you're saying with advisors like we definitely have a great set of uh uh like we have a good staff like our profs at college are awesome um but i also think like you know shouldn't leave these guys out but the tutors like they do like you know every year (laughs) We get a or a couple new tutors, and sometimes you're like, "What? Who are these dudes?" <laughs> you know, and like, why are they the ones here? But then, honestly, like, I, like every year that I've ever been around, well, that I've been around at MLC, I've come to realize, like, wow, they did a great job at calling this person because he is such a great help, you know, or like he, like, even though they're pastors, and well, even though they don't have as much experience under their belts as a lot of, you know, our advisors and profs do, um, they, it, I don't know, I guess what I'm trying to say is they do a really good job at being able to counsel us or even relate to us, even though they're still, like, I think that it's a different struggle to try and relate to people when you're so close to the same age as them. Yes. You know, yeah. whereas with profs and stuff, it's like they're all pretty old. <laughs> Most well, of In them, comparison yeah. to me, I mean, maybe not you. 
<laughs> no, you're not but wrong like, though. The younger profs are only there's two like or three profs that are within that are, are about they? six years older than me. I think is the youngest one. Yeah. Yeah. And see, the thing is, is it's like that's six years of experience that they've had, and so it, I think that the tutors have an ex, like a especially uh, well, they have a different challenge for sure in trying to be able to. Uh, counsel us in things that maybe they haven't grown out of yet. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably the best way to put it, I guess. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. <sighs> Communication is huge. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But yeah, so back to road trips, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes I sometimes I dream about uh, my old commutes to school back in the day, or not back in the day, but a couple of years ago mm-hmm. when I was back home. Well, and in high school. Oh, sorry. No, go no. ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say I want I want you to comment on this. Uh, I felt like when I had a commute in my schedule where I had to drive for an extended period of time, I felt like. I utilize my time better. Oh, it bookends the day for sure. It gives you structure. Yeah, like yeah, that's exactly it. Like you have to wake up at a certain time because you have to account for that drive in, and on that drive in, it's it really what it is is it's structured free time. You know, rather than mm. being able to get to class in two minutes, so you can spend all that time before those two minutes that you're rushing to class, right? Mm-hmm. Sitting on your couch. Like, sitting on your couch and just chilling, like, that's awesome, and that definitely has its place. But at that point, you're just kind of, like, there's so many things that aren't worth your time that you can get into when you're just sitting at home. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas when you're on that drive, it's like, well, shoot, here I am. I, I, I you know, what do I got going on the rest of the day? And you kind of map out your day, and you do... And then you think about, ooh, what am I going to do for food? And then you think about, ooh, I kind of want to hang out with this person. Or, hey, I got this going on later, you know. I don't know. I think having that time period where you have, like, I can't <laughs> I can't think too far ahead into my day in the 10 minutes that I have to get to whatever class that I need to be at, you know. You're just jumping from point A to point B to point C to point D when you're living on a, such a small campus with everything within no amount of time, right? Yeah. No, I think you're right there, too. Um, Yeah, you have to be more intentional, I guess. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it, for sure. Yeah. Well, and intentionality is important in kind of every aspect of life. Yeah. Um, And it definitely is part of, like, communication and things. But if you're not living with intentionality, well, I guess, excuse me, that's all attached to purpose, too. Yeah. Well, hear me on this. I think that it might be easier to be unintentional when you have, like, well, I mean, I guess this is all based around a commute, right? But when you don't have to plot out time to get places, it's a lot easier to be unintentional when you have hours before something or hours after something and just a dorm room to be in. You know what right. I mean? Right. And I right. think that's tough is a lot of guys get stuck in that trap. And quite honestly, that's what it is. It's a trap and you just waste away your day and it sucks. Well, that's what I'm talking about when I say uh, purpose. Right. 
So I guess your intentionality is going to be guided by your purpose because yeah. uh, if you don't have any recognition of purpose or you don't care to have a purpose, okay. um, you're not going to be intentional about pursuing it. Yeah. Um, and uh, it doesn't like we don't take this seriously enough. Um, this idea of purpose, I don't think. I think a lot of guys, um, just in general, we kind of drift through life and we make decisions and things. So like. I'm going to go to school and I'm going to study this. Well, great, yeah. but that's not you uniting to a purpose. Okay. Um, that's you taking a path and kind of drifting in that direction. Uh, and you have to be, if you're going to be purposeful about something, um, that means that you are, let I me mean, think of how, to, I don't know, how, I don't know how to quite flesh this <laughs> out. Um, but like, so in our, in our example here, obviously we're trained to be pastors, right? And there's a lot right. of guys that are like, yep. I think I want to be a pastor, so I'm going to go to MLC, I'm going to study the languages, and I'm going to start training to be a pastor. Um, but they don't give themselves fully to it um, because they don't, either they don't know for sure that they want to, or I don't really know what it is, but they don't give themselves fully to it. Yeah. And they get lost along the way then because they lose sight of the end goal. Whether they actually wanted to be a pastor or not, um, whether uh, it's, you know, other things that are more important to them than uh, the ministry that's laid ahead of them. And there are some guys that are almost too intense about that as well, where they right. their entire identity becomes um, being a pastor, and it's not so much uh, being a, a man of God. Um, and that's just as big of an issue. Right. Um, I don't know. But remember, like, recognizing what your purpose is is going to... Um, is going to help you be intentional about what you're doing every day because you can judge things against like, hey, does this serve my purpose? Yeah. Um, so if if um, if I'm studying for ministry and I say, oh, my purpose is to be a pastor someday, what does that even mean? Yeah, like what? Yeah, like when you say I want to be a pastor someday, like what do you think that is? Right. For sure. Also, I wish this guy would be intentional about passing me right now. <laughs> He's being really passive. He's literally going one mile an hour faster than me. Oh, hey. Definitely not using his cruise control. Hi. Welcome <laughs> to the world. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. See, I was thinking this is the one risk of having a podcast in the car is you get to see uh, All I guess is road rage. a different side of Gustav. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, but anyway, so yeah, like who, like when you are thinking about becoming a pastor, and this is something that I've thought a lot about too, because I mean, honestly, I didn't think about becoming a pastor until somebody said, hey, you ought to be a pastor, you know, and I was, and then I had to look and figure out what they saw in me, first of all, from their perspective. Like, why is that congregation member saying that? Why is my vicar saying, hey, you should try this out. You'd be really good at it. Or why is so-and-so or so-and-such, like, where are they coming from when they say, hey, you ought to do this? Because a lot of times people just say, oh, yeah, that's just that silly old lady at church saying I ought to do right. something. You know what I mean? Like, they would encourage me in whatever I would do. You know, but now that we're in the midst of it, yeah, ha we have to be real about it. And I'm with right. you when you were saying about how not many guys actually know why they're doing this. They don't think about what they're doing it for. Well, I say that's that's the thing is they have this identity of being a pastor, but they don't have this identity as being somebody that loves people and loves Jesus. Yeah. Yes, um, and what, what we really should be saying is, like, I want to be somebody who loves Jesus and loves people, and I want to do that as well as possible. And so now I'm going to do things that help me love Jesus and love people better. Yeah. Um, and so you're going to start building habits and doing things 
that are going to lead you down that path. So, for example, if you say, I want to play college football someday, mm-hmm. you can say that and be like, all right, yep, it's out there, it's a goal, or you can be purposeful about it. If you want to play college football someday, well, you better be on your football team in high school. Yeah, um, you better right. be lifting weights and getting as big and strong as possible. You yep. better figure out what position you might play in college and recognize it might not even be different than what you did in high school, you know, that type of a thing. Um, and look at your skills and your aptitude and things like that. Yeah. And uh, all of that goes into becoming a better football player and, beco- and having the opportunity to play in college. Right. Um, and there's a lot of guys that don't even think about that until all of a sudden they're going to college. Like, they're done with their senior year of football. And they're like, all right, what's next? Well, I hope I play football next year. <laughs> and right. uh, it's too late then almost. Um, yep. And if you, you can go play Division three football somewhere and get on a roster or whatever. Right. But if your goal was to play big-time football, it's too late. Uh, it's too late now to go back and to start all over um, and try and be and have, like, a meaningful career uh, somewhere playing college football. And the same, same, I guess I'd say, I'd say the same thing is true here. Like, or you think about being an artist, too. Like, hey, I want to be a professional artist. Okay, you can't just draw a picture every once in a while and go be a professional artist. You need to study. You need to develop your craft. You need to develop your skills. You need to put a ton of work into it. Um, and you need to start putting your work out there for the world to see. Otherwise, you're never going to get to that goal. It's Frankly, it's not even really a goal if you're not pursuing it. Right. Um, and the same thing is true then about our spiritual lives and about our identities and things like that. Uh, not everybody needs to study to be a pastor. Not everybody should study to be a pastor. Right. Um, but you are a man after you are a Christian man, and you ought to be a man after God's heart. Um, and so, one of the things that Luther said, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you've heard me talk about this before. But one of the things Luther said um, was that a Christian shoemaker doesn't show the world Jesus by putting crosses on his shoes. A Christian shoemaker uh, glorifies God's name by making really good shoes. Yeah. <laughs> by making the best shoes he possibly can. Right. Um, and that is true everywhere. So. If you are a plumber, um, your purpose, yeah, is to fix people's plumbing. But your purpose is to show the world Jesus through your plumbing. Yeah. And that's the way you go about business. That's the way you approach uh, families and go into people's homes. It's the way you do. Uh, it's the way. It's the quality of work that you do. It's the way you treat people and talk to people while you're there. It's showing up on time. Like it's all these things. And you being really good at what you do and being a wonderful, wonderful person to work with is going to point people. It's going to make people wonder why you're different. Yep. Um, and now you, they can see the Jesus in you. So uh, I'm going to say something and it might not be true, but it might just be because I only know like one piano tuner. But uh, I feel like all piano tuners are Christians. I would say all organ tuners are <laughs> well, Christians. Okay, well, I mean, yeah, sure. All sure, that's Christians, an option. All like, organ here, tuners are good Lutherans. But every or piano Catholics. tuner that I've ever known, and again, it might be that I only know one, <laughs> but I only see them like once every five years, so I assume that it's a different one every time. But they're literally the nicest people ever, and they do a great job. I mean, again, then again, I don't know much about tuning a piano. It sounds fairly decent to me all the time. I mean, I do have an ear for music, so, like, I would be able to tell if it was out of tune. But you you know what I mean? Like, who am I to be the one that tells them that they're not doing a good enough job? But they always come in. They do a great job. It takes them a little bit of time. And then they leave behind all these funny little trinkets. Like, or at least the ones that I know do. 
Like, they give us, they hand out these little things. So they have a diamond ring. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. A dime taped, uh, glued on top of a ring. Yeah. Yeah, it's hilarious and awesome. And it's like, wow, you are the sweetest little old fella i ever known. <laughs> I, I don't know. But, yeah, it's like you can no- you notice when people are good at their craft. And I think that's the point Yeah. in the end. It's like you should be noticeably awesome at doing what you do because of your love for Jesus. Because you want yeah. people to say, man, why is he doing what he does so well? You well, that's, that's something I've thought about a lot as a brewery tour guide, too. There you is, go. Um, like, yep, I'm trying to I'm, – well, I'm actively trying to sell you the brewery and a brewery experience, right? right? I'm not just giving you a list of information. I'm trying to sell the brewery to you. Like, my job is to sell you the brewery experience. Um, but also, like, if I show up and I, you know, and I make it all about me and I make it all about, um, you know, getting mine or whatever, or yeah. if I show up – and I don't behave the way uh, a Christian ought to. Like, the fruits of the Spirit make me better at my job. Yeah, for if sure. If I'm patient, loving, gentle, faithful, kind, you know, peaceful, self-controlled, all those things make me better at my job. Yeah, So absolutely. knowing Jesus better makes me a better brewery tour guide. Um, and, and like you said, people notice that. Uh, and it's you have to be cognizant of that in everything that you're doing. Uh, if you're flipping burgers at McDonald's, you should be the best gosh darn burger flipper McDonald's has ever seen. Yeah. Um, and you sure. should do it with the best f- attitude because you've got joy in your heart because you know that your Savior is risen from death. And you're probably not going to flip burgers forever because eventually you're going to spend some time in eternity with Jesus. That came out weird. But you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You know? Um, and, yeah, that's a that's a very real thing, too. Is Well, and that goes back to communication like we were talking about before, too, and intentionality. Am I intentionally communicating Jesus in everything that I do? Oh, my goodness. Are we about to see a, uh, a uh, an armored car robbery here? Yeah, oh, no. Everybody's oh, geez. So the armored so. car is the one that can't drive in a straight line. Yo, he just about ran me over just He now. did, yeah, and he would have done a good job of it, too, with that big thing. All yeah. right, what's this homie going to do? Are we really about to do this, my friend? <laughs> Are we really doing this? If you, Folks, just do us all a favor. And if you're not going to drive this speed get limit, in the right get in lane. the right lane. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Cowboy. Hi. Sorry. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I am this, so sorry. <laughs> this is road raging. <laughs> you know, I'm going to be honest. Oh, bet. Do it, dude. Don't. Oh, is he going to? Sorry. Ah, you know. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I don't actually normally verbalize a lot of my rage unless somebody's around. So, <laughs> yeah, this, is a, this is me putting on a show for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry. Uh, yeah, guys, yeah. always move to the right. That's just <laughs> the general rule whenever you drive. See, now, yeah, this is for all the young men that are listening to this podcast whenever they do it. Driving tips. Always stay to the right. Yep. Stay to the right. Oh, my gosh. Okay, shift here. Uh, Gus, uh, tell me it. something. Shift. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Even though you're driving an automatic. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you were going to say. Yeah. Uh, give me something, maybe two things. Give me at least one All thing, right. maybe two things that you're uh, looking forward to, that you're excited about. Um, well, honestly, like, I'm super excited. Oh, man, I'm excited for Thanksgiving. Are we still doing Thanksgiving, bro? Uh, we we should talk about that off air. <laughs> oh my gosh! Wow. Okay. Never mind. I'm not excited for that. 
I'm kidding. No matter what ends up happening, I always love Thanksgiving. Um, but uh, not the point. Uh, <laughs> I guess stuff that I'm excited about. I'm feeling really good about Greek right now, honestly. Yeah. Greek is going awesome uh, so far. Um, and I don't know, just being able to be a part of campus in a way that's not just like I really enjoy being an RA. And even though like this isn't necessarily this isn't my active duty semester, it's still a lot of fun because I don't know. I feel like I get to be a good guide to a lot of young men who I remember being in their shoes. Yeah. You know, and not fully knowing what I'm doing here at MLC. Uh, also, something that I was, you know what? I guess I'm kind of giving you a three. Uh, you know what? None of That's these okay. are very specific. I'm just going off. Um, something that I'm really excited about that I'm like, my goal is to work on is to be a faster reader. Mm. Um, this semester is full, jam packed of reading books, textbooks um like sources all sorts of stuff like like it's by far the most reading I, reading I've ever had to do and I guess honestly in our like because what we're getting into it that's probably going to be what it becomes most of is scholarly reading and then yeah. writing right yeah. and so uh just getting better at reading and comprehending as much information in a quick amount of time as I can and being able to use it you know yeah um, I guess something else that I'm excited about is if uh, hopefully you and I get our t-shirt stuff off the off the ground. That That's gonna be, be awesome. Yeah, I'm super stoked for that. Yep. Yeah, it's just <laughs> it's just taking a little while to get moving. That's all. Yeah. No, and that's totally yeah. fine. It's like I'm not in a hurry, and I don't feel like you're in a hurry. And yeah. Not, and I don't mean that. And, a, that kind of sounded a little douchey. Say, I'm I sorry. I would love to move fast. <laughs> I would love right. to move fast. Yeah. But. Uh, but if we want to do it good, we have to take time. Yeah. And I understand that. And I'm really excited to see how that goes, honestly. Um, yeah. And I guess something more. Oh, yeah. Something that's got me excited actually about on-campus stuff is uh, hopefully I'm going to be able to get my movie club started. Ooh. Yeah. I call it Wednesday Movie Nights. And uh, you guessed it. I spell Wednesday with my last name. Um, so for you viewers, figure that out. It's awesome. And uh, the whole goal is to watch movies that society, like the secular world, find, uh, like, you know, just hits. Like classic movies, like The Godfather, things like that. That honestly, from a Christian perspective, aren't great movies. You know? And being able to analyze movies critically from our point of view, like from a scriptural point of view. Yeah. Almost. And I mean, not not to, like, become super, uh, like, not to get, like, super deep into the, like, psychology of a movie or the psychology of people, but uh, almost make, like, a critics club, a Christian critics club or something yeah. like that, you know, where we just watch classic movies or pop hit movies. Um, or, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's just that's another thing I'm excited about trying to get that off the ground. Yeah. So, very cool. Yeah, I don't know. How about you, man? Um I'm I also am gen- genuinely excited about the languages. Um Yeah. They're starting to make sense. Yeah, they're starting to make <laughs> sense. But it's so hard it's so hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel uh, when you're first learning the languages for the first time. Um like when you're doing especially with Greek 
Like, there's just so much to learn, and you just slog through the first year, and it's torture. Like, the entire first year was torture. And uh, because I got behind early, um, just because I had so much going on, I got a little behind early. And I fought back, and, and like, I, I got a, an honest C in yeah, class. Yeah, no, you were trying hard, man. I was there. I Working remember. so hard. And I got an honest yeah. C. Um but I was, I was really frustrated pretty much the entire time that I was putting in so much work and trying so hard and didn't seem like I was having a lot of success. Um, now, you kind of hinted at it. Now that we're doing it the second time around um, and really digging into Koine Greek and, and you know, he's passing us again. Mm. Um, he, this guy keeps passing us and then we won't see him for like 10 minutes and then we'll pass him and then we won't see him for like 10 minutes and then he passes us. So. He slowed down. He slows yeah. down so much. Anyway, it's the most irritating thing I've ever seen. <laughs> anyway, um, now that we're actually like translating the Septuagint and the new the Greek New Testament, um, and now that we're actually like diving into biblical texts, and also since I'm taking Hebrew, I I started Hebrew last year and had to drop it because I couldn't handle both languages at the same time and be yeah. teaching. Um, and so um, now that I'm back in Hebrew. And it's like making sense, and I actually have the time to do it well and do it right. And I, it, it frankly is kind of my primary language at this point instead of Greek. Like last year, Greek was by far, I had to spend more time on Greek because it was harder for me to get where I needed to be in Greek. Um, and now that we're on kind of the other side of that and I can spend appropriate time on both languages, like I, I genuinely am confident about it, and I'm excited about where it's taking me, if that makes sense. Um, I'm excited that I'm already learning new things about Scripture and new things about my Savior yeah. that I didn't know before. That's super exciting. Yeah, it is. Um, and new insights into Scripture and things like that. It's also it's surprising to me how many insights you get into the English translation just by knowing a little bit about the uh, original languages, too. For sure. Like especially when you're reading the Old Testament and you start... Um, like looking at there's some like psalms and things that just don't make sense <laughs> yeah um, when you read them in English and once you have just a little bit of uh, Hebrew knowledge you yeah. can just dive so much deeper into that without even looking at it in the Hebrew well, just knowing some of the grammar and rules it, and things well and I bet it helps you understand better why certain denominations subscribe to certain publication or uh, yes. uh, translations yeah yep yeah, and how easy it is for a translation, for translate, like, we, I almost regret that there was a fair amount of arguing about translations that I would do before I knew any Greek and Hebrew, um, and talk about, like, this one's better, that one's better, which was foolish to begin with because I didn't know the Greek and Hebrew. Right. But now that you're on the other side of it and you look at it like, yeah, there's a best, a quote-unquote best translation that's probably right. the right one. But there's so many other ways to say that. There's so yeah. many other ways you could translate that. Um, and even amongst, like, simple, very, like, well-known Bible passages, there's a lot of nuances there. Right. Um, and uh, being, being able to explore some of that richness, I know we're going to get so much further into it, too. Oh, yeah. But absolutely. just this is, like, my first taste, really, of being able to explore some of that richness, and I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Yeah. Um, I also am getting so much better at memorizing things. Like I can, <laughs> right? I can just sit down and spend, and you know, throughout the course of a day, I'll spend an hour and yeah. memorize like ten new vocab words that I've never seen before. Yo, without, like, without any stress. Right. 
dude it's crazy awesome i noticed that with uh so in symbolics class uh uh, and for those of you that don't know, Symbolics is a class that's about, um, it's where you go and you study like the ecumenical, that's the right word, right? Yeah. Creeds. Yep. I, I honestly didn't know if I put too many pronounce, anyway, it's when you go study the creeds and you study the writings of the Reformation, right? And, uh, basically what's in the book of Concord and, uh, and understanding how those still apply to our lives today, which is super awesome. But for that class, what we have to do is we have to memorize six verses that uh, Professor Schmoller picks uh, per week, right? And uh, honestly, the other week, I memorized all six of them in, the hour, in one hour. Yeah. Like, it only took yeah. me an hour to memorize. I mean, granted, like, Bible verses are probably, it's probably, I would imagine it might be easier to memorize Bible verses than it is to memorize Greek. Um, because, I don't know, I think growing up, going to church even, like, not necessarily even going to, you know, church school, you know, like, or going to prep and things of that nature. Uh, oh. Sorry, guys. I'm just um, booing Luther Prep. No, no, I know, I'm, I'm. <laughs> I'm saying sorry because my mic's falling and I'm I, having to change lanes. I want to make a T-shirt that says "All my favorite people got kicked out of prep." <laughs> um, <laughs> like who? <laughs> I think that's dangerous, man. Yeah, I think there's some people that dangerous. you probably don't want to be friends fair. with that got kicked out. That's fair. No, not the point. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, like I think our churches do a really good job. I mean. Yeah, no, they do, like, I've had, I think, especially at my church, my pastor and the teachers that I had growing up, uh, whether it be my dad or the other ladies and uh, gentlemen of the congregation that taught me in Sunday school, did a great job at teaching me the Bible in, in a very uh, general sense, I would say. Uh, we didn't ever get into any kind of crazy specifics, unless it was in, like, the adult Bible study with pastor. Um but, like, you kind of get the gist of a lot of verses, I guess is what I'm getting at. And yeah. I think that because of that little bit of, uh, is foreknowledge the right word? Yeah, foreknowledge of Scripture, when it comes to memorizing these verses, it kind of, it, it, it honestly helps. Yeah. Like, you recognize the themes, and you can almost guess what the next words yeah. are. Um, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, it was awesome. Like, I felt, it felt so weird to actually re be able to have those memorized in less than an hour it was i don't know it was yeah. kind of crazy but yeah i've noticed that with like greek language itself too um yeah yeah and i bet it's even weirder with hebrew i mean i don't i don't know about the <laughs> stuff that you've got to do there's a lot of phlegm a lot of phlegm coming out <laughs> when doing that hebrew <laughs> yeah Jeez. Yeah, no, I'm but uh, yeah, I'm pumped about that, and it's it's you can start seeing, like I said, seeing where you're headed, um, and uh, it helps you be more purposeful too, like we're, to tie it into what we were talking about before. Yeah, for sure. Yep. There's also uh, there's a cool young lady in my life who mm. I'm very excited about. <laughs> She's pretty dope, <laughs> pretty dope. Um, Hello, so lady. yeah, being able to enjoy enjoy some of that too, and um, Who's that you know. Lady? <laughs> Who's that lady? But uh, yeah, <laughs> excited about that. Yeah, um, very much enjoying getting to know her and get to know her heart. Like those are real blessings, man. Huge I know you've been praying blessings. about them for a long time yeah. too. You know, yeah. And that's what's awesome. You know, I, and for all 
a lot of, I think that kind of time, <laughs> you know, let's go back to the prayer topic, right? Like bringing it back around to prayer. And honestly, the last few podcasts we've done in general have been about praying a lot. Yeah. Just saying. And I think that just goes to show its importance more than anything. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think more often than not, God definitely takes time, takes his time to answer our prayers. I think, you know, and well, he he waits until the proper time. I guess is a better way to put it. Like when he knows that that, like, I yeah, you, you put it into words. I I I'm kind of spitting stuff right now. Well, sometimes, well, just because you're praying for something, one doesn't mean that God's gonna do it, and sure. two doesn't yeah. mean that um doesn't mean that um it's gonna happen tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, so, for example, like what you're talking about is, I, so for a long time, I've always talked about how the three things I pray for every morning. Um, yeah. I would pray for my Ezra Konegdo, so that's the helpmate suitable. Um, I would pray that God surrounds me with men. I should say I do still pray that God surrounds me with men that are absolutely on fire for him and mm-hmm. that he helps me know my purpose and fulfill it. So it's kind of the uh, um, uh, destiny idea, right? Um, dude, and real quick, I don't think, I, I don't mind saying this on air. You should put that on a shirt, dude. Put the three, th- the three things I pray for. And just have that be on a shirt. That'd be a cool shirt. That'd be a cool shirt, man. Or a poster, too. Put it yeah. on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. But, Continue. yeah, so then um, it's, it is really cool to see God. Um, it is really cool to see God doing those things in my life. But it also is very evident to me how <laughs> he made me wait. And he did it He he did it his way, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. he surrounded me with men that are absolutely on fire for him. Uh, but he didn't do that where I was in Milwaukee. Um, he he led me to sell everything and move to Minnesota, <laughs> and the men who's given me who are absolutely on fire for him are all 21 years old. Hey-o. <laughs> you know, and that's <laughs> it's it's cool and it's a tremendous tremendous yeah, blessing for sure. But it's not what I had in mind when I started praying for that. Um, same thing with purpose. Like I I was praying, you know, Lord, show me my purpose, give me something to give me some ministry to do, um, and uh, you know, help me to reach men with the gospel. And his answer was, all right, well, you're not going to be a teacher anymore then. <laughs> you're going to go be a pastor. Yeah. Or you're going to go train to be a pastor. And uh, I don't honestly, I don't know if I'm going to be a pastor or not. I want to be. I hope that that's where we road. go. You're on the path for it. Right, I'm on the path for it. Um, but also studying Scripture the way that we are is absolutely not a waste of my time, no matter what I end up doing. Um, and so the Lord has, has also richly blessed, richly blessed me in that way. And again, not what I expected at all. Um, but he did answer my prayer. So I think sometimes when we're saying those prayers, we have something specific in mind. Um, and the Lord is going to, a lot of times, especially if you're in tune with the Lord's heart, right? And you're praying for things that God wants you to have. Like he wants you to be surrounded by men on fire for him. Yeah, he, does. he wants you to have and a godly women. wife. And he women. wants you, yeah, and women. He wants you to know your purpose and, and to walk it faithfully. Uh, so when you pray about those things, you have to be willing then to let the Lord lead and guide that um, and not just be like, hey, God, you didn't fit into my box, bro, um, right. and get all upset about it. So, yeah. Okay, man. <sighs> this was fun. This is definitely we should do the, this more often. The most, the latest podcast we've ever done. In the evening? Yeah, yeah probably. No, not even. Pre- absolutely, dude. We never potted at 1130 That's true. at night. That's true. Yeah, pardon the yawning. <laughs> no, yeah, you're, you're good. Yeah, I definitely think we should do a on the way home one too. That'd be cool. Yeah, That'd and maybe cool. maybe structure it a little bit more. Yeah, maybe <laughs> that'll be even even yeah. later at night though. 
Although uh, if we did it on the early end of the trip, it'd be yeah. about this time. Yeah, no, do it on the early yeah. end of the trip. I like it. I Make like it a, doing this. Dude, this is so cool, man. This is ridiculously cool. And actually, it's really comfortable, too, now that we're into it. Yeah. It was kind of awkward at first because, like, oh, car cast, huh? Podcast Whoa. in a car. Whoa. But this is legit. No, this is. And yeah. honestly, like, for a second there, like, I mean, you saw me. I was having to hold my mic, but I just got it repositioned, and it's perfect. Yeah. But, uh, no, this is an awesome setup. I'm very proud of my car right now. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh. All right, fellas, we love you. Um, thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you haven't signed up for the Gird Up Men's Retreat, make sure you do that. Get on it. Represent um, for me. Yep. And uh, you can find all that information online. I love you all, gentlemen. Thank you from me and Gus. Love you guys. Go be the men that God created you to be. We'll see you next time. On behalf of all those involved in producing, recording, and publishing this episode, thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. We hope it helps you along your journey to be a man after God's own heart. Be sure to check out the Gird Up channel on YouTube. There you will find many podcast episodes just like this one, but you will also find exclusive video content geared at helping you be the man that God created you to be by introducing you to other godly men, teaching you how to behave, study, dress, act, eat, and live like a man of God, and you'll find devotions to help you grow in faith. Please consider supporting Gird Up Ministries by donating on Patreon, shopping in the online store at girdupministries.com, or by making a $5 cup of coffee donation at girdupministries.com. Those donations help us make more great content just like this for young men just like you. Make sure that you like, follow, friend, and subscribe to Gird Up and our guests on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Those links are in the description. And as always, we will be praying for you on your journey. Blessings, men. Time to gird up and go be the man that God created you to be.